I can pretend like it's somebody else. Squint one eye. Oh, it's Schmam Schmeier. Oh, okay. I, I seriously, if I ever get a Minnesota United like tattoo, I'm gonna put like two to three more players under it. Like it's our official motto. I think it's. You're really gonna ask me for an educated answer. None of my answers are ever educated. And with that, we are underway here at the Dummy Run Podcast, a Minnesota United leaning MLS podcast that may mention the USL from time to time. I'm Alex McCracken. He's Grant Hirschberger. February is coming to a close. The season is in sight. We're about seven weeks out and six weeks from when MLS teams will start playing again in the CONCACAF Champions League. I always get that wrong. In the CONCACAF Champions League. Grant, how are you surviving the quote-unquote offseason? Um, you know, I am bored out of my mind. Um, but you're an EPL which, guy. you got your EPL you teams. You know, I am an EPL guy. I would absolutely say that the passion and the emotional investment I have in Minnesota United is far greater. I, I love Manchester United. I do. I really enjoy watching them, etc., whatever. The connection's not the same. It's just not. And it it's also a totally different vibe with, like, you know, I became a Manchester United fan because it was the first big team I've ever heard of when I was, like, an eighth grader. And I was like, cool, I'm going to follow them. And then I found out you're basically supporting, essentially, the Yankees, you know, the team that nobody likes and everyone wants to lose all the time. And so I'm a like chronic people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So I go on social media and everyone's like, F Manchester United. And I'm like, oh guys, I I should probably, I don't know. I should pick a team that people like, that endearing team, you know? Is there one of those in the EPL? I feel like everyone kind of cheers for Leicester. Everyone okay. likes Leicester City. You sure. know, they're like the plucky, nobody's ever had a big rivalry against them. Everyone, you know, watched them win and was like, good for you guys, yeah. you know? Oh, good for them. And then everything else is a cesspool with the right. Premier League. But we promised to keep this Minnesota United leaning MLS podcast. It's true. So I'll keep it away from my EPL. But yeah, I'm bored. And, and when I say that, Alex, I realize that we're kind of privileged because we've actually made quite a few signings and some good bringbacks, so to speak. Um, they're not the signings that we are all desperately chomping at the bit for, but there's some good moves. So first and foremost, Ozzy is back. Ozzy's back, which is great, and I think that's something we all wanted. It leaves a lot of questions around where do Ozzy and Alex, uh, Alex Trap, where do Ozzy and Will Trap split their time? How does that look? Um, you know, they're both kind of, I mean, you would say they're both veterans. Ozzy is a much more veteran. Um, so I think it's not a bad thing to have two people to play that position. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't feel like Ozzy's going to get the lion's share of that time, um, just given his age and given the fact that, um, you know, the, the minutes he played last year. Um, so I think we're going to see him in a limited role and Will Trap playing kind of the, you know, 80% of the time. Uh, is that kind of what you're envisioning here? Yeah, I would say um, I envision Will Trap as as playing most or starting most of the games. Um, and that's zero disrespect to Ozzy. I just, I think, you know, one of the things Will Trap had said in an earlier interview, I wasn't sure if it was Sound of the Loons or, or what it was, but 
Um, basically, he said that he wanted to be at Minnesota United because you could tell how much Minnesota United wanted him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you make that campaign to a player and then go, but you're going to sit the bench half the time. Yeah. I-, I think he is going to come and play the majority, start the majority of games. And if you've got a super sub coming off the bench, Ozzy Alonso, to close games out, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, that's a good... That's an incredible... You bring Ozzy Alonso in to knock some teeth out, butt some heads, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he's, I also don't think you bring... that game for you. Yeah, I don't think you bring in Will Trapp for him to not play the majority of the time. If the plan was that, you know, Ozzy's going to take 80% and we need someone to get, you know, the other 20, um, I think you probably look somewhere else. So, um, it'll be... Yeah, we'll see. I think I'm thinking the same. Um, I mean, I guess the, the six isn't necessarily someone you think about subbing in, um, whether it's at the end of the game or, or changing it out, but... Um, I think when it's someone like Ozzy, you definitely uh, don't pass up an opportunity um, to bring him back. Um, there's some other people who we brought back that I'm sure I'm blanking. There were some where I didn't really realize that their contracts were up. Uh, like I feel like we saw, I saw that like we re-signed Hayes, and I was like, well, he just got here. I guess I didn't realize that we had to uh, bring him back. Uh, Brent Coleman was another one that I think was probably more negatively reported on than positively reported, just given his... Um, actions throughout the year um people have split feelings on that we've talked about it i don't think we need to get into it again um but overall i I mean again the the only piece that i feel like we really lost um was kevin molino i mean there's some other players and like you know no disrespect and like thank you for your time here but at the same time not not anyone not a big piece or not even not even really a depth piece other than maybe edwards who at the by the end of the year wasn't playing anyways yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see um, Hayes in this next year. I really like what he brings to the team. I think he brings a good energy. It's a good change of pace. Um, I see Hayes as you know, a box-to-box eight. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a defensive presence. We saw with that um, you know, incredible through pass to Ethan Finley. I don't remember what game that was, but mm-hmm. he assisted to Ethan. And mm-hmm. He's got vision. He's got you mm-hmm. know, a lot of heart. I really like um, Ja'Cory Hayes. Ja'Cory Hayes, if you listen to the pod, we'd love to interview you. Team Tuck. Uh, any players who listen to the pod, like, hit us up. You know, we, we're we just sitting here all alone every day, uh, working from home, whatnot. My dog's staring at me, you know. Um, you know, the Kalman thing, I do, I want to I wanna just put this here. I don't love, you know, the statement that he made, and we've, you know, been over that a few times. I do think it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's the right roster choice, I think. Um, I think for probably the price that we're paying him. And if, if somebody wants to correct me, I'm happy to be wrong on this one. From what I understand, you know, he doesn't take up an international spot. He is a veteran who understands the team. Um, it sounds like he's not really getting paid that much. It makes sense, so I get it. That being said, um, you know, it just... The optics are not mm-hmm. awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, but besides that, oh, were you gonna say something? I was gonna say we should mention that Jose Aha uh, left, and he did have a, a a pretty substantial role this last year, especially with the injuries we had. Um, he and has I thought not he performed admirably. Yeah, he has not signed with anyone else yet. I saw him uh, his Instagram. He was training in all Orlando gear, but then you told me he'd played there before, so that's probably why. So from what I've heard, he's not landed yet. Yeah, I, I'm su- I'm actually very surprised that he was not picked up because you would think a team like 
Austin or Nashville or anybody. He very much showed that he can come into a back line and not trip over his own feet and make a hundred of, you know, a hundred mistakes or whatever. Yeah, I think if he has a green card, that's probably a different situation. Um, Which, by the way, speaking of Nashville, Schoenfeld um, has moved to uh, Nashville as well. So I'm excited that he landed in MLS because I do, um, we were were hard on him, but I think he he does have a lot to offer and I'm uh, excited to be able to watch him uh, play. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, What's cool is that we brought in some young talent. We brought in, um, you know, what, you know, in the MLS Super Draft, a lot of, you know, experts, and you you can call them what they are, nobody really knows what you're getting out of a draft until two, three years later, but a lot of MLS Super Draft experts were saying that the three players we picked, uh, I believe, kind of in the late 20s, um, were all, at one point or another, potential top five picks. Uh, some players had a couple of injuries that had kind of you know bumped them down a bit. Some players just fell, um, but I'm super excited. So we got center back Nabi Kibunguchi, which I think I'm saying that correct. I, I practiced that in my head a few times. Winger Justin McMaster, and left back Sean O'Hearn. Um, and all three of those guys, I think, bring some really cool stuff to the table. Nabi looks like a very physical, smart, well-positioned center back. Love seeing some of the highlights uh, um, of him. He actually has, I know you don't watch EPL very much, he kind of has this uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka style of tackling, which is throw all your legs and body at the ball and you're going to get something. And he's a big enough guy that it, it works, but he he has some bold tackles. I was watching his highlights going, oh, oh yeah. okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, we did quite a bit of trading um, to move up um, we moved up initially and got the 17th pick, which is when we got Justin McMaster, who's the forward, um, super speedy looking guy. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think he's probably the one that you'd earmark to be the starter right away, but definitely quality there. Um, and then we traded up again to get, so we got the 17 and the 18. Um, and that's when we got, yeah, Nabili. How did you say it? Nabali? Nabi Kibanguchi. Nabi. We're just going with Nobby. Okay, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's that's the on his Twitter. He he goes by Nobby. Okay. So uh, is he? Does he have a longer name? Well, his like official. Yeah, his like official MLS draft card says like N A B I L something. Anyways, um, we'll have to look into that. He did the interview with Sound of the Loon, so we should look into. Uh, oh, okay. I'm seeing it. Nabali. Yeah. He had a, he had that's a nickname what I would too. Guess. Yeah. We'll have to listen to Sano Luna and see what see what he goes by. Um, anyways, he was the one. Uh, I think he played like a six role in college, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's very tall, and I, I kind of I, I had my hesitations about him just because when I think of a number six, I think of like a lower center of gravity. Um, but I think that to your point, if if he's the you know a future center back, um, I definitely feel better about that. And maybe that's unwarranted. Maybe that's just in my own head. Um, and then there was like then then it went that was it for the first round. Then we like they went off air, um, and we picked up the the last piece, um, the Sean O'Hare, Sean O'Hearn, um, who is a left back, small in stature, uh, but plays a lot bigger than his size. You are getting that correct. Um, I'm just sad because you said small in stature, and I'm looking at his height listed at five eleven, knowing that I'm a full inch shorter. Like. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, he's, okay. He's I'm, above two, average, inches, I'm two inches. I'm two shorter than him, so I, I'm not okay. saying. But, but so as far as for all of MLS us, defenders well, go, yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. He, he's above average, okay, in <laughs> in the national rank. That's what it's a five nines. Anyways, I'll die on that hill. Um, seeing those three players, who do you think will have, if any, an impact long standing on the team, or at least the most significant impact on the team? Uh, long term, who's going to have the biggest impact on the team? Well, long. I mean, nobody's in. In you know, it's a fickle sport. You know, people get injured, people get traded, but hypothetically, who do you think has the biggest potential to impact this team? Um, I mean, Justin McMaster seems like he could be kind of the real deal. Um, he seems like he's got really good speed and good vision. Um, it seems like really the only reason he was even still around is because there was an injury that maybe people were worried about, um, which, you know, bring back memories of, of um, you know, Abu Dunlady. Um, but I think he could be, I think really all three of them have, have the potential, um, you know, Nabi, uh, he's, he's a great big, tall defender. And if he can turn into, you know, if he can learn how to keep his feet under him and, and become, you know, a, a statue of our back line, obviously that could be huge for the future. Um, and, and even, you know, even O'Hearn, like he, yeah, he's, you know, he's probably the same size as, uh, Chase Gasper, but I think he's probably sixty pounds lighter. Um, so I think he, he'll have to he'll have to you know get some muscle. But if you watch his highlight reel, his vision for for long balls and um, for for um, defensively for jumping in and cutting off passes is very very enticing. So all three of them, I feel like, really could have have a long future here, or at least a, a big sell on price. If you're gonna force me into saying one. Um, I'll pick Justin McMaster just because we have such an opening at that spot right now. Who do you got? Yeah, I I think I think Justin McMaster would be my choice as well. Um, just because watching his highlights, I mean the guy looks absolutely saucy. He looks really really talented. He has that burst. He honestly, and I know this is probably a hyperbole, but he honestly kind of looks like a young Kevin Molino. I mean, he has that same kind of dribble through ability where he can weave in and out of traffic. Um, I like what I saw out of Sean O'Hearn as well. Um, and I think the biggest thing is like, you're 22 years old. You definitely can still add more muscle mass. So you get a you know professional training program into him. And I think he'll get a little bigger, a little stronger, a little tougher. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see all of them get some playing time, but um, I'm super amped on these picks because from what I hear, these are all very high potential players who have the ability to get a lot better. Well, and it's crazy to think that by the end of his first, I mean, both Chase Gasper and Tassani Dotson were both playing regular minutes by the end of, of their first year in the MLS with us. Um, and Chase was even starting, wasn't he? Yeah. So it's crazy to yeah, think that it was these, these people injury. were kind of... There was, there was an injury, I think it was to Calvo. Oh, that's right. Was Is that he, right? Was he? Did he cross paths with Calvo? I don't know. I have to look this up. I don't remember how. Okay. I don't remember when he came in or or what. But I I do know that by the end of his first year, he was yeah. starting. Yep. 
but it's crazy to think about the, these these you know these three players we picked up and kind of have just forgotten about because so often you do with the MLS Super Draft um, could become big pieces of our team going forward. I mean, we're a different team than we were when you know we picked up Dotson and and Gasper, but still um, excited for those young guys to come in. And I think that you know Minnesota United did very well on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is just from the descriptions of all three of the guys, they all you know, from their coaches or from people who watch them, they're all really tough competitors and they're here to work and to grind, which, you know, I would say if Adrian Heath has, uh, every coach ha- like wants competitors, but I think if Adrian Heath has his type, it's absolutely somebody who is, you know, going to put in a ton of work every single day. And I, I think that's what these guys are. I'm excited to see them develop. Um, speaking of putting work in every day. This mm-hmm. is actually a terrible transition because I have no idea where I'm going <laughs> with this, but Ike Opara might be back? It seems like it. We haven't heard that he's not back. Um, you know, we, we haven't really heard what, even what happened to him yet. Um, we just know that he's trying to come back, and the fact that at this point we haven't heard he's not, I feel like is a good sign. I don't think they would say that he is back. Like that's not something you would announce because there's no reason really for you to think he's not other than the fact that he didn't play last year. Like there's nothing contractually that would say that he's not coming back. So at this point, the fact that I feel like, you know, no news is good news. Mm-hmm. I would say with the Icopara news, I'm kind of anticipating, like mentally I'm just preparing for him not to play. And at that point we're playing with house money because right. We've got Debassi and Boxall, which was a very solid pairing. Mm-hmm. And then if Opara does come back, our team gets that much better. And that's awesome. Um, you know, like we always say, I hope Ike takes whatever um, appropriate decisions he needs to for his health. You know, if he's got concussion injuries um, that are still lingering, you know, you got to take care of your head. So I, I hope he does whatever is best for him, but also would love to see him come back because I think you've got a rotation of Boxfeld, Debassi, and Opara, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a really solid defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and with him and Ozzy, um, both, you know, Ozzy coming back, and if he comes back, um, you would think there would be a, a, an under, a, a mutual understanding that there there's a push for one more piece of hardware, um, but not only between them, but also some of the other aging guys on a team. Um, and I would wonder if that would, if that would weigh into ike's um decision on coming back um just because you know ozzy's there again you know um box is, is not far behind him i mean debossi is not far behind him either um there would be there would be a push there um and and obviously a very solid back line at a certain point it almost feels like how much can you actually rotate um but we haven't heard anything about opara uh, which i think is good news um elsewhere on the defensive front um over on the right side we did sign um, the depth piece and maybe the future that I think that you and I were both hoping for. Uh, DJ Taylor comes in and uh, <laughs> he was in uh, over at North Carolina FC uh, for a couple of years. Um, he's definitely someone who has drawn a lot of eyes and um, has been kind of picked as someone who can make a difference in the MLS. Um, a few different years. I know for sure. I don't know if it was David Goss or um, uh, Matt Doyle who said that was someone they had picked multiple years saying this kid could make it. So um, I was super excited about that signing as, as not like a flashy one, but like 
I wanted to write back. I didn't really want it to be Hassani Dotson. Um, and I think that this is a great piece where I don't think he'll be challenging Metonair for his starting position, but I don't think also if Metonair, you know, is gone or injured or needs a rest, it's not like just hoping for the best because this kid can't really play. Um, I think he's a very good depth piece and um, hopefully the future. Yeah, I think so. In addition to that, we also signed a defender from Montreal, um, another Finnish player, Juka Raitala. And the reason I bring him up is because apparently this player um, is a veteran who's played both on the left side and the right side um, as a fullback. And so to me, to pick up DJ Taylor and Juka, or is it Yuka? Do you think it'd be Yuka? Either way. Uh... Is it soft J? I don't know if the Finnish pronouncer J. I actually, I, I don't think they do. I think it'd be oh, Juka. because because of the owl was like Hukayat, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, that's true. I don't know, man. We'll Detectives. have to look it up. I, right. I actually looked up his name, and they don't have him like saying it. So we tried to look uh, up his name, and I also didn't do, see it spelled out phonetically anywhere. So we only we, we have to give it our best shot at this point. So the point that I'm going with this is, to me, I read these as tea leaves saying, we anticipate Hassani Dodson is a midfielder. Because otherwise, if you think Hassani Dotson is a, a right back, I think you bring in one or the other. I think you bring DJ Taylor in or you bring um, Juka in. You know, you don't need to bring both. Don't need to use an international spot on Juka. So to me, that kind of screams like we're going to use Hassani in more of a midfield role here on out. No need for him to practice with the defenders, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? It's interesting. I mean, he... I have him showing up as being primarily a center back and some left and some right. Um, so I feel like it's hard to, to really draw any conclusions from that. Um, I think one of our defenders is going at before the season starts. Um, we are, I mean, beyond, I think we're beyond depth at this point and we're to a point where we have a lot of international spots and um, a lot of money tied up in our in our defensive pieces. I mean, especially if, unless Ike's not coming back. But if Ike's coming back, I don't see why we have. At this point, we have ten. We have ten rosters. Uh, two ten defenders on the roster, and that doesn't include um, the two uh, expansion draft picks that we picked up. Because uh, I feel like that's that weird thing where they're technically not signed with the team yet. So we'd have twelve defenders on the roster, not counting. I think you're totally right. We're past depth. We're at the point, uh, I would almost say, oversaturated. And I love it. I mean, it's all good, right? Like competitive, you know, drive is going to pull this team together. And you've got so many spots, so many players fighting for spots that the best ones are going to really, you know, dial in and work hard. So I'm excited to see, you know, no disrespect to any of the players, but excited to see what cream rises to the top, so to speak. You know, who is going to be the players who wanted it more, worked hard for it. So I'm excited for that. So needless to say, we've got plenty of defensive depth. On the other hand, on offense, Alex, how are you feeling about this team on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, right now, I mean, obviously not great. You know, Foster Langsdorf is our only true forward that we have on the roster. Um, and then obviously we, we you know, chose the... Uh, you know McMaster in the expansion draft, um, but I don't believe he's efficient on the team yet. But again, I, I well, obviously not going into the season thinking he's the starting forward, all whatever. But I don't think I'm confused about the fact that if if not by if not you know 
by the season opener, at least in the summer window, we're going to be picking up our number, our DP number nine. Um, so whether that happens before the season, uh, which I hope it does, uh, or whether that happens during the summer and we start the season with, you know, um, Lude playing the false nine, it, it's a short-term thing and we're, we're bringing in more attacking pieces. Right? I, I think without a doubt we're bringing in more players. Um, I want to be very careful about how I say this. I trust the team and their roster makeup because the last few years I think they've earned at least my, my trust. I feel like they've made some really good choices. If we're waiting for the right guy and we really feel like he is going to come in the summer transfer window, I'm okay with not blowing money on you know, some figurehead player who's nothing to us. Um, so if that's how we feel, like okay, I think Lude and Foster can go back and forth, and this is maybe lazy of me, but I kind of feel like you can put pretty much anybody in front of Reynoso, and as long as they can somewhat finish, we're going to score a couple of goals. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of finishing to replicate our uh, goal-scoring output from forwards last year. I mean, we really had, you know, Toy had one, Kamara had one. I mean... Amaria had a couple, so it, it's a pretty low bar to to succumb. Um, I don't know. What do yeah, you think? I would agree with that, but also I I think that that's the the one thing holding us back. We need someone who can actually score goals. Um, you know, I think you shared just on your personal Twitter, or maybe you just sent it to me, uh, the highlight reel of Reynoso. You know, just at Minnesota United last year, and the amount of you know dangerous balls that he sent in that just skipped through the six like without anyone there. Uh, is just you're never going to get past a certain point with that type of play. So if we can get someone who will be able to make something of even a quarter of those, um, that's a huge, huge step, and I think that's what's going to need to happen. Um, I think a DP number nine is what finally gets us over the hump and starts getting us um, hardware consistently. I think we could do it without it. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, for sure the Open Cup, maybe the MLS Cup. Uh, but I think if we if we can go find someone, then it's I'm feeling, you know, confident about that. We were ten minutes and two botched corners from the MLS Cup final. Yep. With with a team that, for all intents and purposes, really had no striker at all. So in my hey, mind, Kai and Kamara, I, I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. No disrespect Kai to Kai, did nothing but, but he, score goals for us. All his one goal. Uh, that anyway, didn't is, that didn't work out. Yeah, for he he's like the people who bought GameStop stock like when it was already three hundred dollars, and it's like no, it's going down now. This is the wrong time to buy. Um, little topical humor for you, but anyways, um, no, I think as long as we replace at least one of those two positions with a DP level player, so either left wing or striker need to be a DP level player um, because if we get that same, you know, offensive output from at least one of those players, we at least will be about where we are last year, Mm -hmm. which wasn't bad. It was not a bad place to be last year. That being said, if we want to get better, both of those positions need to improve. And we do Um, have some, yeah, we have some question marks on our current roster around left wing. Um, 
you know, you you said McMaster looks like a like a you know like a Molino esque player. Um, you know, Sam Gleadle mentioned that he had played up there before. Um, you know, obviously we've we've seen unsuccessful switches of Robin Lude um, to the left. I, I think overall, I want to see the. I, I would prefer the DP at number nine um, versus at um, left wing. Most not because of the players on our current roster. With all due respect, I don't think the answer is there, especially now when you're trying to replace Molino. Um, I just think that we know exactly what we need from Molino uh, for to fill in from Molino because we've seen it. We don't know what we need for the number nine because we have never had a good number nine in our time in the MLS, which I know is probably going to make people mad because Christian Ramirez was um, a good striker for us. I think at different times, uh, Ramirez could have been the answer for us. At the time we got rid of him, he wasn't, and I don't really want to go down that path again. But for me, I think I would rather have see us spend big on a number nine because we got to go out and we got to get someone who is going to be the answer and we cannot miss again. We can't. I'm, I, I can't. I can't yeah, do it again. so while you were struggling to get the words all the way out to of your mouth. To tiptoe through because, the Christian Ramirez debate. Yeah. You know, okay, so this is such a, a touchy topic because I understand. So Alex and I are going to take a little break because we're a Minnesota United leaning MLS podcast who may mention the USL from time to time. But we're going to mention the NASL for now. And say the memories that many people have of Christian Ramirez in the NASL are incredible. He's a great guy. He's a great player. Uh, he was such an impactful player on the team. Zero disrespect to Christian Ramirez. We like Christian Ramirez. Even our first it's, year in MLS, there was a moment where he was like fifth in the goals in like the Golden Boot race. He had like 13 goals and like the first quarter of the season, like he was doing like mostly. I think the team went away from his strengths. Continue. Yep. He he had 14 goals and three assists in 30 games played, um, which is very good. That's that's very good. Here's the important part, and here's why, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to our club legend, Christian Ramirez. Here's the important part. In 2018, seven goals. In 2018, when he, so uh, he two more goals for LAFC when he moved over there. Then in 2019, four goals, 2019, five goals, 2020, two goals. This is not a player who is necessarily on the upswing. Um, if he wants to come and be a supporting role player, I think absolutely we would love to have him back. But realistically, if you take off the nostalgic glasses, he's not a player that will elevate the team to the next level. That's... It feels dirty saying that out loud, but that's that's what it is. We, we need a player who is going to provide elite level goal scoring and finishing consistently. And um, was he his, ever an elite goal scorer for us in the MLS? Is fourteen I mean, goals that, in that was two thousand seventeen? He had two thousand sixteen or seventeen? Seventeen? Uh, that was that was uh, seventeen. 14 goals. 14 that's not, goals. That's, that's not elite. I mean, we were that was we were a terrible team, so you can't put that on him. But do you think that do you think he was ever an elite striker for us? Well, so you're you're putting you're putting little twists in there because you just said was he an elite striker for us? Yes. He's our best goal. He was our best striker. True. True. So, yes, he is he's number 1. He's the if best you, we've ever had. If you put 2017 Christian Ramirez on this team next year, how many goals does he score? 
Oh, that's a good question. Because Darwin Quintero was on the team in 2017, correct? We got him. Mm, no, was it 2018? I think it was in 18. Okay. Because I was trying to, I'm honestly, the years just start blending, and I, I'm trying to think about how we played. But from what I remember, I think he would be pretty successful with Reynoso if he was 2017, Christian Ramirez. I think that they would have a good, you know, matchup. I actually think um, him and Lude would probably work well together. That being said, I think that ship has sailed. And I just don't Quintero think... Quintero did show up in 2018-19. We just lost like yeah, eight he followers, did show up in 2018-19. We're getting down the Christian Ramirez rabbit hole, and we don't need to. Uh, the way this whole question started was, what are we going to do about our number nine, and what are we going to do about Molino? Um, well, you want a you want a rabbit hole? How about the Dom Dwyer rabbit hole? He's still a free agent. Don't speak those words on this <laughs> podcast. If we sign Dom Dwyer, I will turn in my season tickets. Um, that's intense. I won't do that. I don't think Dom Dwyer is a good player, and I don't think he is a respectable player. Uh, the last time I saw him play is when he elbowed that guy in the throat down in Orlando, and they had to like carry him off with a stretcher. Um, please stay far, far away from my club. Um, I don't like you. If we signed Dom Dwyer, I would watch the whole game with my thumb like placed over him just so I can't yeah. see him and I can pretend like it's somebody else. We'll create you know, like I an just app that just like blurs out his face the, yep. like, wherever he goes. Um, oh, it's Schmom Schmeyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Schmom Schmeyer sent do. off for a red card. Yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, the club knows that we hate him, so they're going to like change his name slightly and then sign him. Um, no, I. in the same vein, I would want no part of Dom Dwyer on this team. Now, who do I want on this team? Who indeed? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Adrian who knew? That is who I would like on this team. Who and knew? it sounds like we have made... Oh, nice. That was mm-hmm. a good one. It, was it sounds like we've made a concrete offer for them. Um, the latest transfer news we have heard is that uh, Ren, Renace, Renace, I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, classic, right? Yeah, it's French. Renal uh, does not wish to sell him at this very moment because they are um, chasing European championship spots right now. So they are in fifth place in Ligue 1. Uh, they would like to be in fourth place so that they qualify for the Europa League. Wouldn't we uh, all? And so they, wouldn't we all? But they don't want to sell him just yet. It does sound like when their season is over in May they may be open to it, which lucky for us, our season starts June, or uh, the transfer window ends June 1st. So a lot of people are saying, um, you know, that we might get him later in the season. That's fine with me. I'm okay with waiting, and that's kind of where I was getting at originally. If we have a plan that we know his team is going to sell him to us at the end of their season... And we want to kind of have like a stopgap for the time being. That's fine. Put Lude in the nine. Put Foster. I mean, I don't think a temporary, you know, placeholder is that bad if you know he's going to be signing with us later in the year. Do you, yeah. do you disagree with that? No, no. And I think this is the thing we all struggle with is like you get so focused on like we need this, we need this. Um, the season's long. The season is long, and everyone makes the playoffs. So. We could you could blow up the whole season and you're, I mean especially with somehow how bad some of the teams are, um, and you're still gonna you know you're still gonna make the playoffs, um, and even with our especially if we go get you know a, a Tam level left wing which I again I think we're doing, um, 
the first whatever couple even a couple months of the season um it'll be fine as long as you don't like lose all your games you're gonna be fine which we could sign no one and i still think we wouldn't do that i mean we basically have a roster we have last year um and i think that we would still be fine so to your point if the deal is there later this year um i'm fine waiting at the same time though it's weird he hasn't been playing much since christmas um and on sunday he didn't play at all and they lost two to one so if if he doesn't want to be there or they're not liking him um you know maybe they they sell him versus you know letting him sit on the shelf and collect dust um and they have dropped down to eighth now so it is interesting um and you know for for that league when you have someone um like him who i think would do very well in mls obviously um but i mean he's playing in the same league as you know mbappe is that how you say it right Mbappe, uh, yeah. I mean, we all saw him play in Champions League the other the other week, so it's it's clear that he for that league he's not the future. So maybe you sell him now while he still has an upside, and there's a taker who's very excited about him versus trying to wait to the end of the season. Um, I don't know, but also to your point, if if the, if it's there at the end of the year, um, the season's long. We'll be fine until then. Well, and we posted, so it's been very interesting. I, I'm. You know, I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories because I think they're fun, but I love doing all those little, uh, you know, sports transfers conspiracy theories. And Adrian Hunu had just recently posted a photo of himself holding, he was wearing a white hoodie and he was wearing um, black and blue Adidas uh, boots, uh, you know, soccer cleats. And in French, he had written a new beginning or a Something about, uh, you know, here's to a new beginning, which is very interesting in and of itself. From there, you then have a bunch of his current, and I put current in quotation marks, uh, you know, French League teammates putting sad emojis and saying things like, oh, now it all makes sense. Or another player said something effective. Um, I wasn't ready with a surprised face. So to me, you put the pieces together. Is Pepe Silva in the building? Is he not in the building? But, uh, you know, does that mean that he's kind of hinting without really hinting? I mean, what I do I think, know from... I think we got to ask Carol down in HR. I think that's really the only... You gotta, we got to... There is no Pepe Silva. <laughs> um... No, but realistically, you know, is that a hint? I know a lot of people have said um, one of the big things about Adrian Hunu is he actually has expressed interest in playing in Major League Soccer. He actively follows Major League Soccer on Instagram and Twitter and um, is a big fan of the NBA, apparently. So some of us have to take him to a Timberwolves game one of these days. But the last thing that I'll put my conspiracy theory uh, story to bed with is Baki Dabasi on our team has followed Hunu for quite a while. And if you go through the Instagram likes, he has never liked a single one of Hunu's posts, except the one where he says a new adventure. Okay, how many Instagram posts did you go through to check his likes? I am not willing to <laughs> disclose that on the air. Way this too is many. some deep, deep conspiracy stuff you're talking about here now. This is the work I do for you listeners, this okay? Is... I, I want you to know, here's one more thing. I'll add this for, for your guys' benefit, how dedicated I am 
because I love all of you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time um, and that you listen to Alex and I babble. Uh, I made a note of how many Instagram accounts he follows, and every time it goes up, I check it to see if it's a Minnesota United player or uh, if it's Minnesota United that he's following on Instagram. I think there's an app you can have do that, isn't there? They make apps for that? You should look into it. You're probably working too hard. Work smarter, not harder. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I think this post oh. was about a, a change in sponsorship, and I think that some people on his team are more loyal to whatever it was, Nike, than than he was. I don't think that this post was about switching teams. What are you gonna say next? Like <laughs> Santa's not real? Yeah. I'm sorry to burst that bubble. It was it was I, a moment that was a, full of excitement, but it's been weeks now. And we haven't heard anything. I don't think he would have gone out and just posted that randomly. Um, but I do think he's coming. Unless, let me connect one more Pepe Silva line here, okay? Yes. Unless he had a meeting with Minnesota United and I don't want to butcher his team names, but his current team's representatives, they said, here's the deal. We're putting you on, on the back burner for now. We're going to sell you to Minnesota United because all these deals have to, you have to work out a contract with the actual team. You can't just sell a player to a team and they're like, wait, no, I don't want to go there because they have to agree to a contract with that team. So he may have had a meeting with both parties saying, we want to buy you. They want to sell you to us. How do you feel about it? He goes, I love it. Let's talk about it in June. And then post that post and said, figure it out, Grant. Not and it was only, actually right below. He said, he said, figure it out, Grant. Yeah. Not only do all these people exist, but they've been asking for their mail for months. That's all I got to say, man. Uh, the... <laughs> So we'll see what happens there. I, I think he's coming. I really do. I think he'll be here. Um, I don't know. It's I think it's more of a question of when. Uh, I think he just fits the bill. Uh, it's it doesn't seem like it seems like we made the offer. If we're serious about him, I have to imagine that the offer we're making makes sense for his club because again, I don't think he's like the future of their club. I just think all the pieces fit together well. Um, Allegedly, we we've been tracking him for for quite a few years. Per I think it was Andy Greeter. Hmm. He said that he. This has been a player we've had our eye on for quite a while, actually, which is interesting. So we've we've been in talks with um, his current team about it, and like the time wasn't right back then. So it's interesting now that we're making a, an offer because maybe I think we think the the time is right. But honestly, I think we could put a traffic cone in front of Emmanuel Reynoso, and he'd still find a way to bank it into the goal. You know? Is that a joke about uh, Kai Kamara, or is that just a, a general statement? Uh, I didn't want to make it about Kai, but, you know, now it is. It's interesting, though, uh, David Goss had a quote saying that if we lose Ray, we're not competitive. He said that, and I, I, I every time I tell myself I'm not going to listen to Extra Time anymore, I end up going back to the watering hole because there's nothing else out there, and they say something stupid like this again, and I'm infuriated. Um, I think we're worse off, obviously, now because we don't have Molino, so it to his point, if we lose Molino and we lose Ray, well, sorry, Molino's already gone, and then we lose Ray, I, I don't even know. I guess maybe you put Lude in the middle, or maybe you, you throw out everyone's favorite Tommy Chacon. Um, but we would be in a bit of a tough spot there. Um, it, it probably would be more like Hayes or, or Dotson or something like that. But come on, man, not even competitive. Like that's, I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna have to finally do to like get over this hump of like them just thinking of us as like the the sixteen seventeen loons you know mm -hmm. uh, i mean like what? so you you in the same vein you know they thought our entire team 
was Darwin. And to some degree, I mean, it was at times because Darwin made it about Darwin. But I think with that statement, you know, I, I don't know the context of it because I didn't hear him say that. I, I was actually reading your notes and I stole that from you. So sorry about that. But uh, if they say we're not competitive, like in the whole supporter shield race or MLS Cup standings, yeah, probably not. I think if we lose Ray, that's that's a massive hit. I think he is, you know, our talisman en route to getting hardware. That being said, we've won games without Reynoso. We've also won games without Molino. We've won games without Darwin Quintero. We can still win games. There are good enough players on this team to win games. That being said, I think Reynoso is absolutely the key to how high our ceiling is. If we lose him, absolutely, we are not the same team. But I think that's, you know, once again, a little a little naive or just maybe lazy on the, on the part of extra time to just say that, oh, they have no one who can step up. I think we'd be able to make things work. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I that was. I mean, Matt Doyle did did really go up to bat for us in that episode. If if you go watch, it's the most recent one. He puts us in the top five team, which I think we'll talk about a little later. Um, he mentions that you know he he does say a lot of good things about that one. That one uh, that comment about um, about uh, Reynoso from David Goss was a bit out there. I thought uh, I feel like we should move on from players, but before I do, there's a few things I want to talk about. First off. What's our plan with left wing in your mind? Um, you know, you've got quite a few players now. Uh, I still don't know from the team's perspective if they see Sam Gleadel as a left wing or left back. So that remains to be seen. I believe on the team roster, they have him listed as a midfielder. So I guess we'll say left wing, left mid. Um, so we got Sam Gleadel, we've got Tomas Chacon, we've got Justin McMaster. Honestly, I have no idea. You got Robin really Lou too, technically. I mean, he's true. done before. True. I I think and hope that we have seen the last of Robin Lude on the left. I don't think that... We now have context to who he is as a player. On the left, he's not able to get his scoring foot in a good position to make good goals. And he's not really a crosser, so he does not succeed when he's on the left. Uh, I hope we don't see him there anymore. In a pinch, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, we have no idea where Tomas Chacon is at his development at this point. Has he figured out his, you know, work habits or work ethics is that or strange whatever? To you that he's been here two years and we, we're not even considering him as Molino's replacement. I mean, I've never talked to one person about that. Um, it, it would be strange to me in a vacuum, but I think how the last two years have played out, you know, you had one year where apparently he had poor work ethics, and then the second year we had such a limited amount of games where it's kind of like every single game, it's almost do or die. Again, you know, we've said it, we wish Heath would do a little bit more roster rotation to rest some players, etc. But the couple of games we've seen him throw, get thrown into, he was so erratic and all over the place, and a bundle of energy in a good sense and a bundle of energy almost in a bad sense. He's just kind of all over the place, not really very disciplined. So it is strange. I would like to see him get a fair shot, but 
we aren't at practice. And I think that's the biggest, you know, I think that's the biggest part of this formula is as much as we're clamoring for Chacon, and, and I'm one of them. I had a password that had his name in it at one point because I was like all in on the boat. But if, if there's something we're missing, you have to acknowledge that maybe there's something we're just missing and that he's not maybe working as hard as he should be or something isn't clicking or maybe he's working hard now and he just doesn't have some of the the you know abilities that we thought he he might develop into mm-hmm. so we're getting a, the left wing answer is not probably in house and you're thinking we it's it's someone we're going to be signing here i think I mean, I've, I have not seen Sam Gleadle or Justin McMaster play an MLS game, so that remains to be seen. I, I won't predict against them. That being said, I would like a true left winger being added at a TAM level, or if the striker is going to be a TAM, then a DP left winger. That that would be my, my choice. But we have plenty of left wingers. I, I don't think... I don't think any of them would be terrible choices to start if we have a great striker signed. Hmm. Yeah. I, again, I, I would be nervous about that. I, I would like to see a better, uh, I mean, because it, it just, I think mostly just you think about you have your, you know, Tam left winger, Reynoso, Lude, and then a, a good striker up top. I think that that puts us in, you know, firmly in the conversation for top top four teams, if not top two teams. Um, Here's my my justification, at least, that we would be fine in a large overall sense, is that Kevin Molino did very little defensively. He mostly scored. Mm -hmm. And so if we're removing his offensive output, but then putting that at the striker position, if we have a left winger who's fine at defense and scores two or three goals in certain games, I think we'll be about where we're at last year, which, again, was only... 10 minutes away from an MLS Cup. Yeah, an MLS Cup appearance. And I think that, again, I, I just think that we need to get better this year. Uh, another interesting oh, yeah, part I about, mean, every year. Right, yeah. Another interesting kind of aspect to all these different pieces we're talking about is that we currently have 26 out of 30 players on the roster. And when we sign, assuming we sign all three of the expansion draft players, that'll bring us up to 29 players. So, to a point earlier, you're definitely going to see some people start going out, whether it's on loan um, or part of a trade. Yeah. So, is it fair to say? I don't even want to say it out loud. We're gonna we're gonna start another weekly uh, things that Grant is surprisingly passionate about. Uh, my least favorite, like Minnesota United meme type thing, is the whole Adrian Heath. Oh, we only need two to three more players and people think that's like a dunk or funny or anything where what team doesn't say they need two to three more players every year every year teams add new play what 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 are people saying when they say that that you think he's making excuses because i don't think he's making excuses i think you're always two or three players away from being the best team you can be you have to keep improving I think two. You're shaking more, your head. So. I think two to three more players is the funniest thing about Minnesota United sports culture. I, I seriously, if I ever get a Minnesota United like tattoo, I'm gonna put like two to three more players under it. Like it's like our official 
Like it's our official motto. I think it's hilarious that every year it's like two to three more players, two to three more players. Um, it's true. It does. It has felt true almost every year. Uh, but I think there's something to the fact that that's been true every year. Will you acknowledge with me that each year every single team sets out to add two to three more impact players? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, you always want to get better. But I feel like ours is always positioned as like, that's what went wrong. Oh, well, I, I mean, I can get that. That's, I understand that in, in the sense of like 2017, 2018, we were like two to three more players at every position away from being good. Fair. But uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I just, I think that like, especially nowadays where if you look at, look at, just humor me for one second, because I know you still think it's funny and I know, you know, I'm getting riled up, but humor me, look at our roster last year. And tell me we are not two to three more players away from an MLS Cup. We absolutely are. We okay, absolutely, thank 100% you. We 100% are. Yes, and I, I, I admit that. I, my, my thing is that, like, that's been true many years. So there's there's a re- – that, at some point, there's something behind that. Um, that's I don't, fair. I don't, fair. Yeah, I don't – I'm not, I'm not on the team that, that thinks that's, like, a bad thing. I get mad about it. I, I generally think it's funny because it always does feel that way. And I don't really blame anyone for that even. Um I just think it's funny. All right, all right. We've definitely we definitely beat the beat the signings uh, beat the signings conversation to death. Um, but we are two to three signings away. I just want everyone to know that. Um, also, a little little uh, secondary news. We did uh, sign the rights to Patrick Way. We got his MLS rights or his discovery rights. I don't know what that means. We can have a whole other podcast probably to talk about that. For now, let's get away from. Minnesota United specific, because this is only a Minnesota United leaning MLS podcast, um, and just talk about the season. So we right now we know that the season is starting on April 17th. That's all we know. We don't know um, dates yet or schedules, but we do know April 17th. And then CONCACAF Champions League is starting um, a week before that. Uh, the first matches start on April 6th. So the season is in sight. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 23rd, and I believe that yesterday, Monday, was like the official start of training camp, so you're starting to see players roll in. Um, it's exciting. I kind of feel like we made it through the worst part, and now we're going to start getting some type of content, start seeing some training videos, you know, preseason games will start. Grant, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I feel like, you know, we've all been really impatient, Um you know, no thanks to the Minnesota United social media Twitter account for tweeting days of the week oh, man. Uh, every single day, Let's which I think that. has, it's made it feel longer because I'm like, oh Lord, it's only Tuesday. Like, we, we just saw the Monday tweet. It's objectively terrible. The The amount of anger that that fills me with, and I have no idea why. I don't know why them tweeting out the day of the week has made me so mad, but I, every day it makes me mad. You know what I love about it? I don't, somebody else said this, and so I don't mean to take credit for their observation, but I totally went through the uh, stages of grief with the <laughs> tweets, where at first I was like in denial, like they're not going to do it every single day. And then, you know, I, I transitioned into anger, where I was like, is this seriously all they have? You know, I was just getting super frustrated. And then, you know, obviously made way into bargaining where I was like, I'm just like, you can keep tweeting the days of the week if you just tweet out like a kit or something, which they did actually, which is great. And then today they tweeted Tuesday and I went into depression. Um, 
you know, for a little bit. But I think tomorrow will bring acceptance. I think it's just one day closer, one more tweet day closer to our season. Um, but all jokes aside, realistically, we are through the hard part. It's gonna it's gonna start being a whirlwind here because I think more teams are gonna be finalizing some of these transfer moves that they're trying to make, um, and bringing in new players, not just our um, team, but but other players as well. Were you surprised to see uh, no Orlando tournament this year? I thought maybe that would become a an annual um, start to the season, kind of take the place of of the more the less official. Um, Portland tournament and have it be kind of a, a new thing. Were you surprised at all, or did you expect that? Um, I wasn't surprised at all. Like you're saying in the format of like the MLS is back tournament. Yes, have the MLS is back tournament become an annual season opening tournament down in Orlando. You know, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the integration of, um, you know, how the group stage counts for the regular season, and then from there the rest is all gravy. Um, into the knockout stages. I'm not surprised they didn't continue it because they're, you know, starting... They're starting back up the CONCACAF Champions League, the U.S. Open Cup. They're bringing back everything else. Uh, The League's Cup. You know, so there's a bunch of different tournaments. I wish we would keep the Orlando MLS's back tournament because I think it was cool. I, I just liked the concept of it. And you get really hype right away, you know, about some of the teams and some teams make big exits early. It's it's a stage for early season drama because you remember, like, at the start of the MLS's back tournament, some of the big teams got knocked out right away and people were like, oh, no, this is terrible. You know, can you believe it? And then, of course, in the end, the Timbers won, which was... Anyways, that's all. That's all I got. So, no, I'm not surprised it's not back. I am bummed. I wish we could keep doing it. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, maybe just that it didn't come back this year doesn't mean it's not a thing that they're going to do in the future. Um, I mean, they're already having enough trouble as it is <clears throat> getting this this season started, and I mean, they lost a lot of money last year on the whole deal. I'm sure. So maybe once once they're kind of you know back in the um, back in the black, they will you know revisit that. Um, From a money standpoint, tell me that would not net a ton of money. If you hosted it at like Disney World or whatever and had it be, you know, over the course of a week, I'd probably go down for a couple of days or something. Like, I think that would be super fun. And I think a ton of people would do that, too. Right. Once things are open again, you would definitely think that that could be a, yeah. a, you know something to look at. Um, again, right now, they they would just be, you know, losing again like they did last year, which I've heard is a lot um there was a there was an episode of of total soccer show um which is actually it was an allocation disorder which is like a separate podcast that falls under that i think um no actually it wasn't that it was just it was the total soccer show um they just had sam stage on this total soccer show and he was talking about some of the different finances this year um along with the collective bargaining agreement fiasco that we haven't even gotten into and we probably shouldn't um either way the league lost a lot of money this year um and whether or not the owners actually lost money, you know, probably not. They're they're doing fine, but um, collectively, I, I saw the numbers. I mean, whatever it is, what it is. The league did lose money collectively. Most of the owners made a significant amount of money, so yeah, don't which, don't cry too many tears for that. I definitely don't feel bad for them. Um, at the same time, you know, it, it is a business, and I, I, sometimes I get annoyed with people who think about it too much. Um, not that way. Um, 
Anyways, anyways, <laughs> let's get into just the season again. Um, let's let's ask let's bring in a real quick uh, question here because it fits so well into our conversation. Uh, Thomas Felton wants to know if you think we're gonna be a normal season this year, or we're just gonna play the same teams again like we had last year, where we're in bubbles. How are you feeling about it? I know right now it's it's still pretty TBD. Um, what's your gut telling you? Yeah, I think looking at you know the current sports league that's uh, in play right now, which is the NBA, I would assume that we are going to go back to playing a somewhat normal full season. I would not be surprised if um, they try to like bundle games, so maybe like back-to-back games with certain teams or something like like that. Um, that would not surprise me at all. I don't think we'll go back to the same bubble groups, and I, I really hope not because, in my opinion, it was necessary because of COVID, obviously, and it was an inventive solution to that. But it, it gave way to some of the worst standing and power ranking takes because... Some teams looked really good because they were beating up on the same couple of bad teams, and some teams looked bad because they were getting beat up by a ton of really good teams, and they were actually better than than you know it looked like. So I, I hope we don't do that again. I don't think we will. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll be back. To, I think we'll be back to near normal again. Um, obviously, not fully there, but I think we'll be closer. And I think that they're going to do their best to have. Um, people moving around the league like you would expect. Um, if not at first, maybe, you know, maybe the first two months or whatever are are kind of an abbreviated, condensed, or whatever you want to call it, schedule where we're playing the same couple teams. Um, but by the time July rolls around, everything seems to say that we're going to be um, getting to the point with our vaccinations that we should be getting closer to something like that, and especially for something like a sports league to be able to play yeah. each other, I would think. I feel we'll the same way. To do that. The That's second part of that question me. is actually almost more important. How will we fare against everyone? So let's let's play just a little a game here. Let's assume that we bring in because I really feel like we've we're gonna and we've got to. Let's say we bring in either a DP nine or DP striker. Uh, sorry, DP nine or, or DP left winger. So let's say we bring in one of those at least. But not both. Probably a striker. Let's just say one, just okay. to, you know, kind of balance out the, you know, whatever. How do you think we do this year? If we bring in a DP number nine and a, a solid a solid left wing who can even do, you know, give us 80% of what Molino did, um, I think we are firmly within the top four teams in the league. If we bring in um, a TAM... DP, I don't think it makes sense to bring in a DP left wing. I, I'm not even going to pretend like that's going to happen. I just don't ever see that happening. Um, if we bring in a TAM left winger and no DP, the whole no no new striker the whole season, or even just a lower level striker the whole season, um, I think we're firmly within the top six teams on the league. Um, it, and if uh, we don't bring in any striker, I think, um, I don't know. Uh, but I think if we if we get the pieces we need, I think I will be disappointed if we're not um, playing for the Western Conference Championship again um, and ideally winning. I think, for me, I think this year if we don't bring home hardware, it's a failure. I think this year you have to win something, either Supporter Shield or the Cup, uh, the Open Cup, or one of the even one of the conference titles I would take, um, or obviously the MLS Cup. 
Yeah, I, I'm not too far off from your predictions as well. I, I'm very high on the year. You know when you're watching, like, a, a volleyball game, right? And there's all these players, you know, bumps set. They're all putting things into position. I think we have positioned our volleyball perfectly. And we have to slam it home with a DP9. I, I'm okay with a DP left winger. I think you can make that work if it's... You know, I know Carlos Vela is a right winger, but think like that kind of a player. You can still have a winger who is that effective um, from goal scoring. So if we bring home a DP9 or a DP left winger, I think we slam this home. I think we for sure, if we get one of those and, and they are a success, um, we win some kind of, of hardware. And I am very confident that we have plans because the last few years... I mean, honestly, I know the front office is not perfect. They make a lot of poor choices on occasion with you know certain things. But with their player acquisitions, like have we whiffed badly in the last few years? I, I mean, none Chacon, of the players I we think let would go, be the, the question mark. But do you know that's a whiff? I think there's there are some who would say that. I don't think so. No. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about Chacon. Sure. That's that is definitely a confusing you know, whatever that whole scenario is. But I think with the players who they have brought in, they have immediately impressed and succeeded. And I, I think that if we have one or two targets um, and we get, you know, some of the guys on our list, I think we are going to be very competitive this year. I would also argue Angela Rodriguez is probably a miss. Yeah, that was bad. Or that might that have been bad. just a changing of from year over year. What, you know, whatever. that He was a, he was kind of a flop. Um, what do we I would need? argue... I don't even want to go in too far into it. I think that, and I've said this before on Twitter, Angelo Rodriguez would actually fit onto this team decently. If he's not expected to be the primary goal scorer, I think he would be perfect for hold-up play with Reynoso to then pass it back, and he and Reynoso can work it around. That being said, I still don't think he's very good. I think he just would fit better on this team than he did on the 2018 loons. Well, and Angela Rodriguez is a perfect example of the fact that not all DPs are equal. I mean, there's True. there's multiple levels of DPs, um, and that is reflected in the play and what should be expected of them. Um, what do you need to see this year for it to be a successful year? I said we need to have hardware. We cannot. We have to win something. And I would again, I would even accept the Western Conference. Um, it would not be my first choice. It would be my last choice. Um, but we need to win something. And to your point about the, you know, the, the bump set spike or whatever, um, we've spent too much money to not take it home now. Like, go get the right players and just be done with this thing because you're so close to having a top tier team to like, to like chicken out now um, would be a waste. Yeah. I agree. I think, um, you know, you see that the ownership was willing to bring in Reynoso even during COVID which, you know, again, kind of speaks to the whole interesting balance of the league doing poorly, but the individual owners making a bunch of extra money. Um, and then you look worldwide at all these other leagues who are having financial issues due to COVID, and they're selling players at very discounted rates. So I've heard from a lot of people that League Un, the French league, is selling players for discounted rates because they have been very um, hard done financially. So if we can just get a couple of good two to three, you would might even say, uh, impact players, 
No, I agree with you. I think uh, we need another goal scorer. To me, that's it. I don't care if it's a left winger or a, or a striker. We need a goal scorer. You can put load at the nine, and that's not even that bad of a situation if there's a left winger who's scoring Kevin Molino-level goals. Um, but yeah, to me, no matter what, and this is even without any new players, I, I think we have to be challenging for hardware this year. I think there's no excuse. I think for all their, uh, for all of their awfulness, Atlanta United has proven that with the right player choices, you can you can come in and win quickly. You can. You just have to make a lot of really smart choices and have a pre-made stadium and dump a bunch of money in in your first year and have a bunch of insufferable fan base, uh, plastic fans. But anyways, what? Huh? Is, is that all? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Uh, speaking Silver of hardware. Yeah. Speaking of hardware, um, we have the Open Cup, which is back in an abbreviated fashion. There will be eight MLS teams um, who will be brought into that tournament. We don't know yet how they're going to be selected. There is no information about who or how they're selecting these teams. Um, we also have uh, the League's Cup, which we do know that we are in. Minnesota United is already in that. Um do you care uh, if Minnesota United is in Open Cup, uh, knowing that we're also in Leeds Cup? And how do you think they should select the U.S. Open Cup teams for the MLS? Oh, um, you asked me a bunch of questions, and the last one was the smartest one, and I'm not going to be able to answer it. I, I would like to see us challenging for any tournament we're in. And, you know, I think... With a lot of mid-season tournaments, a lot of teams have a similar uh, thought process, which is, you know, we'll we'll dip our toe in with kind of, you know, half starters the first couple of games. We'll get some rotation the first couple of games. If we start getting traction, you know, into this tournament, then we're going to start putting more and more of our starters in and investing a little bit more focus on it. I totally am fine with that. Um, you know, looking forward to the League's Cup, which I don't really... Uh, it, it's not it's not like a high um, level of of what's what's the word I'm looking for like not respectability but prestige. like people don't really yeah prestige perfect thank you and I was a lit major too how sad is that people don't really talk about the league's cup very much um, it doesn't really matter to me I would like to challenge for it if you know if we're being serious about this year um, U S Open Cup I think we were so close. You know, last uh, in 2019, I would have loved to see us win that, of course, against Atlanta United. But I don't know how you pick the teams, honestly, because it, uh, apparently it's a different process this year than it was normally. Am I getting that right? Like, apparently it's not truly open, open. It used to be like open, open, and now they're doing some kind of limiting I mean, I don't even know. Well, yeah, it's just an abbreviated fashion because they're, they're not doing as many games. Usually it's open to basically everyone um, and starts very early on. And, you know, they start with the the teams that get together behind the, the liquor store and play and then, you know, start bringing in better and better teams. This year it's just the eight teams that they're going to just pick. Um, I think if we're going to be in Lee's Cup, let's not worry about Open Cup um, just because I don't think the, the, the season's already going to be too crazy. I don't want to be in two different things. 
um, at least not this year, maybe going forward. Um, and I think the Leagues Cup could be a really cool opportunity to, to you know, line up against some, some Liga MX teams and see how that all goes. Um, so I say let's not worry about the Open Cup right now. Um, I think the Open Cup should go to the highest-ranking teams that weren't selected for any other tournaments, um, whether that be, you know, the Champions League or, or um, Leagues Cup or whatever. Um, even if that means some of the little guys get in there, let's just let it happen and not worry about it and let's all move on because this season's going to be weird enough as it is. So um, let's not worry about it. But I'm excited about Leeds Cup. Um, and to your point about prestige, I-, I get annoyed with that point of view. I think that a lot of times we talk about, you know, on the last podcast we talked about integrating with Liga MX and, like, what that could look like. And we have our, like... Know, or a gold cup or whatever you know or, or this leeds cup and things like that and people are always like well that's just not really a prestigious thing um my frustration is like well right because everyone just keeps saying that and if we all just agree to get behind it more not only as a fan base but as you know our fandom will then encourage our team to get behind it more um we can make it into something cool and if we want to get better as a continent or a region or whatever um we need to start playing each other more because, you know, League MX definitely has the upper hand. Um, and to your point last week, um, there's a lot of viewers in the in the U.S. who aren't watching MLS, which is a whole other conversation. Um, I say skip the Open Cup, focus on Leeds Cup, um, and I think that they should give Open Cup spots to um, the best-ranked teams that didn't go somewhere else. I would agree with that. So you're you're saying the League's Cup is kind of like uh, Peter Pan magic, where you have to say that you believe in it to really, really, you know, get it rolling. You got to keep talking about how I do believe in League's Cup. I do. Um, I don't know if Peter Pan does magic. I think that what Peter Pan does. Wait, Peter, um, Peter Pan totally does magic. You can't, dude flies. I don't think, but but if from where he comes from, I don't think you would call that magic. It's it's um, a sense of of wonderment or. Uh, um, the Never Neverland has different physics than uh, what goes okay. on here. Alex, <laughs> you're lost, boy. <laughs> I, hey. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, okay. No. So U.S. Open Cup. I get what you're saying. I get. I totally understand what you're saying about about prestige is placed arbitrarily. It's wherever people put, you know, the the focus and the attention and the respectability. U.S. Open Cup also gets a $300,000 prize money and a CONCACAF Champions League berth. So I do not believe mm. you get that with the League's Cup, which to me, mm. if you can get that, the, specifically speaking, the, the CONCACAF's Champions League berth, now that is something I would love to see. That's interesting. I did not think about that. I That's a very good point. That's very Which kind of it it adds to your point though. So, I think you know, kind of meeting in the middle here. We'll see whichever one we're farther along on. But I think if we have a good shot at the U.S. Open Cup again, I think we should go balls to the wall on it and really try to get that because I think a Concacaf Champions League berth would help us play against some of these top Liga MX teams. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I guess the first step is seeing whether or not we get picked, um, which again, we don't know how we get picked. And the fact that we're in Leeds Cup makes me feel like that's an easy way for us not to get picked. Uh, but we'll see if, if we're in it. I, you know, if we're in it and I had the choice to go for the two, um, that would be a, a tougher question for me. Uh, from your perspective, it's kind of like that friend's party that you don't want to go to 
like you still want the invite, but you want to be able to like turn it down and be like, no, sorry, I'm, I'm busy on Saturday. My right. bad. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't want to get excluded. Right. Loser. Nobody thinks about Minnesota United, right? <laughs> All right, what uh, else we got to talk about, Alex? Yeah, so we talked about um, the season. Uh, we talked about where we think we rank um, elsewhere around the league. Um, some, some things, uh, Henri is staying in Montreal. There was a short moment there where we thought he might be leaving as of this morning, I believe. Um, it looks like he will be staying in MLS. Daryl DK, uh, Paul Ariola, and Jordan Morris um, all went over to Champions League clubs. Um, Morris... Uh, and um, Ariola are at Swansea, and obviously I think we're all aware now that Jordan Morris went down again this weekend, and it sounds like he did his other knee. Um, so his time at Swansea is definitely done, and I mean, at this point, it's we're getting there with him, aren't we? I mean, how many of these can you come back from? That's, that's both his knees now. I mean, we obviously saw Molino and Finley do it, but I mean, I think his projection towards like EPL is probably turning down, right? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you can come back from that, but it's unlikely. Um, I think the worst part about it, you know, speaking from probably Morris's perspective, was I watched, you know, I think it was like two games he was playing so far where he didn't look out of place. I mean, he had some good runs. He was playing very well. Um, you know, so it's really a shame. I, I hope, do they know for sure if it's like an ACL or MCL or or is it unknown? I believe it's it's known that it's, I don't remember for which one it was, but it was his other knee and it's torn and it's going to be Brutal. a year. You know, it's going to be the same thing he went through last year. Yeah. That sucks. I, I wish him the best. I hope it's a fast recovery. You know, people, I think, forget a lot of the times the mental aspect of it. it it's taxing to try to come back from a first injury. It's even worse to try to come back from a second one, the, the levels of discouragement. And, you know, he, he isn't a 22-year-old anymore. Um, so, you know, at what level is his motivation? I, I wish him the best, truly, because, I you know, you want to see a guy like that succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he he's 26, you know, this felt like his his upward projection towards um whatever he was going to become was going to be kind of happening right now. Um I, it looked like he he definitely looked the part. Um you know, maybe he can work his way into a, a you know, an EPL league or or you know, go over to Serie A or something like that. Uh but at this point, you know, now it's going to be a year before he can even get on the field again. Now he's 27, and then it's you know it's usually another year before you're playing like normal again, and then at 28, you know you're not you're not heading overseas. Um, so it's super sad. Um, positive note: um, Blanco over in uh, Sebastian Blanco over in Portland is is rehabbing after his his knee last year, um, and also uh, Joseph Martinez is looking better this year. Um, or sorry, not looking better this year. He's his recovery is going well. Um, two players, I you know you want to see the best players on the field and, and they're definitely up there. So I'm excited to see them come back this year. Um, with that, we talked about what we need to do for success. Um, what do you think? Just, just off the top of your head, I don't need you to give me the, the most educated answer. Um, top four or five teams in the league this year. Um, just off your gut. We didn't do any research on this obviously. So don't worry about it too much. 
Uh, you're really going to ask me for an educated answer. None of my answers are ever educated. <laughs> That's true. Alex, you know. That's true. I shouldn't have to specify that with you. Um, yeah, no. So top four or five teams in the league. Um, oh, that is, it's tough. Okay. Cause I, you know, my heart wants to always put Minnesota United higher than they probably deserve. But, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let's take say there's not Colum- any order. Just pick five teams okay, that are no, going to be no up there. Order, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Columbus Crew. Um, they continue to add, you know, impact players. I think they will be very good this year. Uh, Seattle Sounders really can't ever count out Seattle Sounders. They've made some good moves. Um, Colorado Rapids. No, that's yeah, more of a dark host. No, I'm going to take. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take. Okay. Sorry, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm just. You're asking me off the top of my head, so I'm thinking about some of these. No, sorry, they're a dark horse that I think can be good. I don't see them as top four or five. Um, I do like Philly. I'm very curious to see how the departure of Brendan Aronson affects them because he was a big part of their um, team. Toronto, I think, will be good. I think they'll take a step back where I think Sporting Kansas City will probably take a step forward. And if I can pick a close to top five, maybe six, you know, player or team, uh, it would be Minnesota United. I I think we're right there. We're just two to three players away (laughs) from from being in that conversation. Two, not even three, just two. Yeah, just two. All right, what do you think, Alex? Who's your top five? Yeah, it's hard. Um, Yeah, you know, I think that Columbus, as much as I bragged on them all last year, I do think they're going to end up in the top five. Um, You know, I think that we are firmly within the top five. I really do. Um, I think with that, the addition of players or without. Oh. Top five is in terms of uh, supporter shield or in terms of bracket, like like if you like in supporter like shield, baby, supporter shield. Whoa. Currently, about, no. What, like, current like, current, okay. current situation, no. I don't think we're in top five. If we're, if the season started today, we would not be a top five team. Um, so Orlando, I think Orlando's looking really good. They just signed that new, that new dude, um, who's like 32 and he's played in like a bunch of, you know, EPL teams and, and Syria teams. And I don't, I don't know him, Pato, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he's I mean, Brazilian, right? His, his Ross, yeah, he's caps for the Brazilian national team. Like looking at his roster, it's very impressive. So I'm sure he'll be very strong. Um, so I think Orlando, I think Columbus, um, I think, you know, Seattle be interesting to see what happens with, with Morris gone. Um, you know, I don't think Morris was like the key to their team, but he obviously was very good. Um, the Revs only got better, I think, this year. Um, Portland only got better this year, um, especially with Blanco coming back. Kansas City, I think they still got it. Um, I don't know if I have a top Remember, five. remember, and here's here's why I feel good on Kansas City is Pulido missed a lot of their season. He missed a lot of their season, yep. so if he's playing consistently and to the level that I believe he can, I think Polito is going to make a big difference in Kansas City, and yep. Busio is going to take that jump too. I think yeah. he's he's going to continue. He's to number take ten that now. Jump. Did you see that? Yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't like that only because I love the history of number ten, but at some point it starts feeling almost too forced, and it's like I don't, he had like twenty seven. That's a cool number. Like you want to give up. Like okay, I'm a for our listeners. I'm a number guy when it comes like sports team numbers. I have favorites and non-favorites. There are ugly numbers like fifty-three or something. Like yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be fifty-three, 
but like 27 that's a cool number this is absurd this is one of the more absurd things you've launched into on me i could talk for hours about cool numbers not cool numbers numbers that shouldn't exist i'm looking at you nba players who have numbers zero zero is not a number I think Zero anything, is the lack of a number. Anything above, anything into 30s, you have to, you, you skip them until you get to like 80. Oh, okay. Anything from, anything from 30 to, to 79 is ridiculous. But once you get up into <laughs> 80s, it looks cool again. Like 86? Ah, 31, that's crazy. Yeah, 31 is a stupid number and you should get it out of here. Whoa. Except for Hassani Dotson, who I have I was his jersey. Say, oh, I know. I have Hassani Dotson's jersey, and it's cool that he got it because that's when he got drafted. But like, I guess he's never coming on the podcast. <laughs> Alex is like, get that out yeah. of here. Um, Dark Horse, I don't even know you can call him a Dark Horse anymore, but I think Austin is shaping up very well, um, and I'm excited to see what they got this year. The roster construction on these new teams is getting, I think, more and more strategic. You're not seeing teams just like flailing. You're seeing a lot of teams make smart choices like, oh, we actually need a defense to start out. And, you know, we need a midfield that can move the ball. And so, yeah, I, I think they'll they'll be a good dark horse. Um, you know, Nashville, I don't know if you can even call them a dark horse. Um, and I don't even want to make them my dark horse because, you know, as we've said previously, I hate their branding, hate their logo, Everyone hate their colors. In. Everyone and... But I think they'll be good again. I really do. I think Nashville is a very solid team. Um, what do you think about uh, FC Cincinnati making some some moves, signing? It's crazy. A I think they young Brazilian. I, I'm happy for them. I hope I hope they turn around with a new stadium. I'm worried they spent a little too much on one player when they really needed like four players. Um, so if you know, kind of the even a worse situation of like the Chicharito, uh, not even that. They, Alec Galaxy have other issues. Um, you can't, you know, this isn't basketball. You can't go by one player and have him turn everything around. Um, so they're going to need people around him to make plays for him and help him out. Um, and right now they look more likely to lose um, players and sign them. Yeah. So I definitely understand and I, and I agree with that too. I think he won't be. Um, the end-all be-all for their team. What I think is fascinating is, you know, for a lot of MLS fans or MLS critics, you know, I do believe pro, you know, promotion relegation um, is good to have and it does incentivize the lower level teams to improve themselves. That being said, in this specific scenario, FC Cincinnati was at the bottom of the table and by all means, if you're a diehard pro-rel person, you don't believe that they would have any incentive to spend money to get better. And yet, they went out and spent upwards of, you know, $15 million on this young, uh, ambitious player who who isn't a known name where it's like you're just trying to do that for the jersey sales or anything. This is a player who has a lot of high potential and was looked at by a lot of European teams as well. Uh, although the, the Atlantic not Atlantic, the athletic article today that came out was kind of squashing some of the rumors about that. But I just realized we never even said his name. So the player is Brenner. Uh, his name is Brenner Souza da Silva, and he's 21 years old from Brazil, came from Sao Paulo. Um, FC Cincinnati just signed him. He looks very promising. He has a bunch of caps for the Brazil U17 formerly. Um, 
you know, national team, whatever. I think he looks promising. I think it's an ambitious move, and I mm-hmm. respect that. Yeah, you said he's not a big name just to sell jerseys. I mean, in in the world of soccer, he's a big name because he's up and coming. He's not someone that uh, you know the casual soccer fan would know who they are. Like a you know, like yes, you're saying. yeah. Um, it's a big deal, but I'm saying it's not like yeah. you know when you sign a Wayne Rooney, right? Yeah, oh, even God. people who don't watch soccer sometimes know who Wayne right. Rooney is. Um, yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, yeah, when when he when they signed with him, there was stuff saying that he turned down, I don't know, Madrid and all these places, and it was like, Ajax <laughs> and Juventus and Roma. Uh, that and sounded the article by the Athletic. Right yeah. Long story short, just like anything else, there's elements you know that those teams were inquiring about him, but nobody else had made an offer, so yeah. it wasn't like. He rejected an offer from Juventus to come play for FC Cincinnati. No, he was speaking to other teams, but nobody else actually gave money, which is yep. the big thing with transfers. You need the money part. Right. That's a little detail there. All right, this thing's getting long, so uh, let's let's just let's move on from there. Um, I want to make sure we get to our uh, listener questions. We had people write in on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, we mentioned Thomas's earlier. Um, I'm looking through them right now, and I'm realizing we kind of accidentally hit on them before we got to them. So uh, Blue Green Loon asked about um, the eight U.S. Open Cup spots. So um, we kind of touched on that. Sorry, we didn't give you the shout out there. Um, and same thing with Dano. He asked about. Uh, oh no, sorry. Uh, same thing with Dan O. Dan O asked about um, where we're at with our strikers and left winger. Um, how many players do you expect us to sign? Uh, we made the joke about two to three more. I think, like Grant, you and I are both saying it's more like two more, right? I, I think we're two pieces away. Yeah. Uh, Dano wants to know about the future of um, Tyler Miller. Um, and what we're gonna do with him? We talked about this last week. I don't think either of us have any really good answers. I, it's gonna it's gonna come down to I think preseason and training camp and whoever looks, you know, like the hotter hand you go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really will be a competition. Um, you know, today extra time or I guess yesterday Monday extra time said that they really felt like it was um, Dane St. Clair's. Um, I can't say I disagree, but then I also it brings back up the question of is Dane St. Clair so good he's going to be moving on in a couple of years? Um, and does that change your opinion? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Uh, and then the last one, uh, Maddie Ginsburg asked about the new kit. We haven't seen it yet. It's a teaser. It looks blue and maybe black. All we've seen so far from the Minnesota United Instagram is a very like edited photo. Um, we've been hearing it's been blue from people, so that wasn't a huge surprise to us. Grant, are you excited? I mean, realistically, are you gonna- realistically, there's only so many colors it could be. We've already oh, yeah. had gray, we've already had white, so it's either gonna be black or blue. You can see, you know, so it's gonna it's gonna be blue. Like I I would bet my life on it. Um, well, you they know, tweeted out that it's blue. Well, you never know. It could be a blue filter. <laughs> okay, that's true. Sure. Uh, I don't see any design from their thing, but they could, you know, it could be obscured, whatever. I, I have heard from Andy Greeter. I mean, we've all heard if we follow him. I like saying it the way I just said it, though, because it sounds like I've got an inside source. Right. I heard from Andy Greeter that there will be some neat features to it, but it might be kind of overall simplistic, um, which is fine by me. I, I As long as it's blue... That's great. Yeah. Did you I see, like blue. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. 
it'll be cool. I, I don't, based on what I know right now, I would say probably not going to get it. Um, I just got one last year though, so it would have been something pretty cool. Um, if there is some aspect to it that we haven't seen yet or we haven't been made aware, um, maybe I'll get it. But right now I'm leaning probably towards no, not getting it. Did you see Portland's kit today? Did you see me make fun of it today? No. Why? It's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's terrible. It's good. I saw the Portland kit, and my first tweet was, when the Cascadia Cup ends at 6.30, but your ride to the Renaissance Fair is at 6.45. Because if you see the jersey and Google it, right after you hear this podcast, Google it so that you can laugh with my funny joke, it's two color blocks of green on the left side, so a, a large green color block on the left side, large either black or very dark green, dark green on the other side, dark green, and then what looks like stitching up the middle. So you're like, you know, a wee old English lad wearing your stitched up the middle Renaissance fair. You see it now, Alex, I can see it in your eyes, there's pain. You see that it is some William Shakespeare looking ass jersey right there. Okay, first off, it's a throwback to their old jerseys that used to be the two tones. They're old jerseys from the 1600s? No. <laughs> it's a good jersey. It's a it's it's sharp. It's got it's got a, an ode to the past, not the 1800s, just the early 2000s while also looking new and modern and clean. Um, I like it. I like it. Uh, it's good in the sense that Shakespeare's writing was good. It's sharp in the sense that a knight's sword is sharp. Um, I could keep going with these, but none of them are very good. The point being, I think it just reminds me of some kind of weird uh, stitching up the middle, you know, uh, gesture, a court gesture is what I think of. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah, you don't know, I'm you not don't a know fan. style. You don't know I, style. Are there I any other kits that ball. you've seen that you do like? You you mentioned you like the Austin kits. Austin kits look good. They're simple. They're simple. Uh, my my LOL of the week was seeing an Atlanta United fan comment on the Austin kits because they're both large block stripes, and the Atlanta fan was like, "Oh, interesting. Wonder where they got that idea from." As if Atlanta United is the first team to ever use stripes in their jerseys. Like, these fans don't quit, dude. They're the gift that keeps on giving of, like, the worst kind of fan. You have this terrible habit of following all these people that just infuriate you, and you need to figure it out, man. Block them. I, Mute it. I Whatever have, you need. I, oof. I'm addicted to it. It's it's my drug. Can't quit. Um, can't quit. Yeah, no. I mean, I haven't seen it. I mean, honestly, the the LA the Portland one was really the first I can think of. The, the Adidas kits are always so bad. I don't care anymore. I've you've you've ruined it for me, Adidas. I don't care about these jerseys anymore. Yeah, they're they're getting they're they're dropping the bar so low that pretty much anything relatively interesting is going to be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah like, the one, oh, this the one, one has like, two colors. <laughs> the one that I like actually is the leaked, um, there's two. There's two that I like. DC United has kind of a cool um, white and gray marbling, which is supposed to be, so I don't go crazy about the like reasons behind the design, but I like for them to be something. You know, for example, when... You know, you have a team, for example, like the L.A. Lakers called the Lakers. It doesn't make any sense. There's no lakes in L.A. 
Why is that your team name? I like when there's some kind of a reason behind it because they used to be the Minneapolis Lakers. And, okay. You know, I was going to say, that. you got to correct that's yourself they, here or else we're going to get roasted. No, that's, I mean, that's why I'm saying it. Like they should have changed the name when they moved it. Um, so anyways, DC United what about the has Dallas some stars. Like, should they have changed their name? Well, they went from the North Stars to the Stars. Okay. So the Stars is fine. Stars is, is vague. What about the Thunder? Everyone, everywhere's got Thunder. Oh, okay. Yeah, Continue. Uh, anyways, DC United, marbling on their kit. It's supposed to represent, like, the marble in Washington, DC. That's kind of neat. LA Galaxy has, like, a kind of throwback um jersey it's uh teal and black stripes and the black stripes are bordered by thin gold stripes i think it looks kind of cool and kind of retro um something that the timbers were going for and missed completely but uh that's just (laughs) alex is gonna cut me out right now uh all right it's just not my my preference but speaking of the uh, galaxy and of team names did you know that the galaxy because they're in hollywood where all the stars are oh my yeah right good that makes so yep. much sense you know what i thought it was i thought it was because the mls revolves around la galaxy you know like i thought that's what which you could make that right. argument too but well they actually they moved from a galaxy stars. far far away and they kept their name that's why um they have that yeah they should be called the benders because all the mls rules get bent for their benefit oh man not because I'm bendit like beckham was on his team that you know that would be another reason that you would call well then, i mean it can go both multiple ways meanings. that's the sign of a yeah, good that's the sign meanings, of a good yeah. name yeah see we should be on one of these design teams uh worst new kit that i saw actually is the leaked atlanta united kit which looks like a five string guitar it's five very thin stripes <laughs> down the middle to which I had tweeted something to the effect of, you know, a creative design lead in Nashville's breaking his pen right now because he's so angry. Like, it looks like a guitar. It's, it would be perfect for Nashville. It's very strange. I don't, they, they like made it like, yeah, these like kind of more organic lines that like aren't straight. And it looks like, yeah, like a, like a loose guitar strings or like, like some old style instrument, you know, that like a, a, a jester would play for a king. It's funny because... They talk about, like, the five stripes, which is the lamest nickname. I'm so salty at Atlanta. I don't know why. It's something bad today. Anyways, they they talk about Atlanta, you know, their nickname is the five stripes, which, first of all, lame nickname. But second of all, these aren't stripes. They're, like, strings. They're, like, pinstripes. Like, they're just, this isn't five stripes. This is five chords, you know? I don't don't know. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about that. I'm glad we got to run through the things good. that you hate. Is there anything you said you is there anything you said you do like? Oh, you like the leaked DC United one. That's right. I like okay. D- DC and I like um, LA Galaxy. I thought I, I do just like LA Galaxy. Cool. I like that they they went they really went for it. It's it's actually different, um, which I think is good. It, it's bold enough that it's um, like almost an ugly color. You know, it's like that very 90s kind of look. So yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, I thought Philly was pretty bold, too. I, I respect it. Philly's bright yellow and bright blue. Oh, I did not like that. I did not like that color. It looks, I don't know, it doesn't have anything to do with them. It looks like a, like a Capri Sun flavor. I don't like it. All right, all right, we're out of time. We said we were going to make this short. Um, we never do. It's the end of February. We're probably going to do at least one in March. Um, maybe we get two in, um, 
But at some point in March, we're going to plan kind of a bigger uh, official preseason episode where we want to talk more about kind of our predictions, um, uh, you know, and and kind of what we're looking for, we're excited for. Um, so we're going to dive deeper into that. So so look for that in uh, March. Um, and also, Grant, talk to me about this uh, fantasy league we're going to set up. Yeah, so, um, you know, we'd been mulling it around and we actually had um, somebody just kind of slide into our DMs and ask if we were thinking of doing this. Um, but we were thinking of, of running a little dummy run, whatever you have it, uh, MLS Fantasy League this year. So we'll probably have a tweet about, you know, if you're interested, like the tweet, etc. Um, you know, I've done other fantasy leagues. I've never done MLS one. So we'll all be pretty new at this, I think. Only ask is that, like, you actually care. You know, we've all been in... For those of us who have done fantasy leagues of various sports, it kind of sucks when like halfway through someone just gives up on it. So if you are interested and feel like you can, you know, keep the energy the whole time, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we would love to have you and we'll try to make something fun at the end of, of the year. Maybe we can give away like a hoodie or something if we're making hoodies by then. Yeah. We talked about stickers for, for sure. You definitely get a sticker. Whatever I merch jumped we from make. stickers to hoodies yeah, so you did. fast. You did. Yeah, for sure. We'll figure out uh, a little prize at the end of the year. Uh, maybe go rustle up a, a trophy at a uh, at a Goodwill or something. But um, yeah, for sure, we'd love to have you. Um, to Grant's point, if if you think it's something you'd be, um, you know, willing to stick with because it does ruin it for everyone else when you drop out. Um, all right, that's a long one. Let's leave that's it here. That's all huh? we got. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening. If it helps it be more palatable, uh, break it into sections, spread it out until the next one. Uh, but as always, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. Go Loons. Go Loons.